Hi everyone, it's Maria B, host of Clued Up, the behind the scenes photography podcast. Let me just start by saying thank you to all of you who have continued to listen to this podcast, to download episodes since my last episode, which now seems a very long time ago. I am totally in awe of the fact that even though so much time has passed, so many of you from actually around the world, around the world, have continued to download and listen to my episodes. I am so grateful to you. I want to start today by talking about a few things that are going to be different. The first thing is that there may be times when there'll be more than one episode per week. That second episode is going to be really short. I may just hop on and discuss with you something that's important, but it's not going to be long form. It's probably going to be maybe five, 10 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, but definitely it's something I think that's important to you and to your photography know-how, photography business, photography experience. The second change is the actual sound of the podcast. So the equipment has been upgraded. Hopefully there'll be less background noise and increased clarity. And the third change is, as I said before, I'll be hopping on and doing these um, short episodes. So in those cases, and sometimes in the case of even the long form, I may not do such rigid editing. Don't worry, it won't be a mess, but it won't be that, you know, finely um, rigided editing that you may be used to in the past, just to let you know. There are also going to be some other changes, and I'll speak to those um, with more depth later on. But, you know, as a thank you to my audience, I want to provide you with something completely complimentary, free of charge, that I think will help you in your pursuit of photography. And I will talk more about that later on. But for now, let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to Clued Up with Maria B, the behind the scenes photography podcast. Clued Up is your insider's view to building successful magazine style photo shoots. We talk design and concept, fashion and style, tech, social media, and of course, business, plus so much more, including how to avoid common photography pitfalls. You'll also meet some special guests who work behind the camera and in front of the lens. Whether you're an aspiring photographer, a portrait photographer thinking about starting your own business, or you just have an interest in what it takes to plan and execute professional shoots, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Maria B. Now let's get you clued up. Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about a critical part of photography and your photography business. And that topic is going to be pricing. We're going to cover two important factors related to pricing. The first is why you should never work for free. And the second, why every photographer needs a printed price list. So let's start by talking about working for free. When we begin our photography journey, we usually start by working for free. 
Now look, if you've just unboxed your camera and you're taking photos of family and friends as you're learning, that's perfectly fine. But once you have the most rudimentary understanding of your camera and someone wants you to photograph their event, their party, their kid, or they want you to take their headshot, don't do it for free. First, let's eliminate the word free from our vocabulary because few things in life are truly free. There is almost always an exchange of goods, currency, favor, services, etc. Free is non-existent in photography. If you're taking someone's photo, let's say a portrait or a headshot, they're getting a photo and you're giving your time. There's an exchange. Even if you get someone to model for you so you can practice posing or lighting setups, you have an exchange of services, their time and availability for your photos. Don't forget, those of us who really care about our craft won't just take the photo, but we'll also spend time editing the photo before handing it over, posting it, or sending it to the individual. That's a lot of work for something someone will get for free. When someone steps in front of your camera, there should be an agreed upon exchange of services, and you, as the photographer, should take charge and make that perfectly clear. We've talked about contracts in an earlier episode, so I won't go into that here. But even if your subject is a friend, the two of you should have a clear understanding of the exchange, what each of you will get out of this photography session. You, as a photographer, have to plant the seed that you do not work for free, that your time, your talent, your knowledge has value. Value does not always have to be monetary. Here's an example. In April, I was one of the photographers asked to photograph volunteers and selected local artists as they painted a Black Lives Matter mural in East Orange, New Jersey. The mural is among the largest in the state and it's quite different from many of the other Black Lives Matter murals across the country. A link to the mural is provided in the show notes. The installation of the mural was a week-long project. In return for my photography services, I am listed or credited in the documentation associated with the mural, and I will be credited in the film documentary of the event since my photos will be used. I consider that a pretty fair exchange. Here's an example of a situation that frequently comes up that's not a fair exchange. A photographer is offered the quote unquote opportunity to photograph an event, a party, a networking function, a meeting, etc., with the understanding that the, f- the photographer will gain exposure. It doesn't work. If you're busy taking headshots of everyone or you're busy working the room, there's no time to network. To the guests of that function, you're the photographer, not a fellow business person. And in all fairness, if you're there to photograph an event, promoting your business may come across a little dubious or minimally questionable. When someone offers you that type of opportunity, 
You should let them know that you'll be more than happy to forward to them your price lists or your rates, which is what we're going to talk about next. Your price list is documentation affirming that your work has value, that you, your camera and equipment, your knowledge, and your talent have value. Your price list, be it cost of services for a studio photo session or a session on location, or your price list of cost of products, matted prints, albums, boxed collections, shouldn't exist solely in your head. It should be a tangible, printed, or printable document that you also have readily available in digital form that you could send to potential clients. When someone asks you the price of a photo session, a single printed photo, a piece of wall art, you should be able to pull out your phone and look it up on your available price list that you then offer to send to the individual making the inquiry. With the exception of my session fee, which is the same for every genre, and headshots, which is the same price for each headshot, when someone asks, I now pull up my list and or I send a digital booklet with pricing. When a client throws a wrench at you, it's easy to get flabbergasted and give them a price off the top of your head. Usually that price is unfair to you, the photographer. You end up cheating yourself. You don't just leave money on the table. Often you let the client take the entire table and the chairs. It may be such an unreasonably low price that you're actually not making a profit. In fact, if your quote is really low, you could end up in the negative. More about that shortly. Here's an example that happened to me and why I so adamantly believe in pulling up a printed price list. A client had a photo shoot and returned to my studio a few weeks later for the reveal to view their final images and to decide which photos she wanted in her album. My pricing setup is based on the number of photographs a client would like in their collection. For example, 20 photos in a custom decorative box cost the same as 20 photos in an album. I instruct clients to first decide how many photos they would like to purchase. 5, 10, 20, 25, or 30. For 20, 25, or 30 photos, the client selects if they would prefer their photos to be delivered in a customized boxed collection or a customized 13 by 19.5 inch album. Out of the blue, this client said they wanted a smaller album. This kind of sent me into a tailspin because until that time, I had not considered offering smaller albums. So the gears in my brain start to move and I mistakenly reasoned a smaller album, in this case, nine and a half by nine and a half has got to cost less than an album that's 13 by nine and a half. Plus, I didn't want to look like a deer caught in the headlights because to my thinking, that would make me look unprofessional or so I thought. So instead, I threw out some ridiculously low number. The number was so low, in fact, that the client said, are you sure that's all? Ugh, 
I was mortified with myself. After she left the studio, I collapsed into my chair for my stupidity. When you consider the cost of outsourced editing, the time of my editing, exchanging backgrounds and some compositing work, I was definitely in the negative, but I'd given her a quote and I couldn't call her up and tell her I made a mistake and charge her more. I had to eat the loss. Because my pricing model is based on the number of photos, the cost of a smaller album should have been the same since it was the same number of photos and required the same amount of work. I should have said, give me a minute and pulled out my price list that would have jolted me into the fact that my cost is based on number of photographs selected, not on the size of the album. It was a rookie mistake that I should not have made, and I don't want you guys to make that mistake or something similar and cheat yourselves out of money earned for your time and for your work. Make a price list. It takes time and a lot of thought, and I found it takes a long time to get it exactly where it should be. Your prices will and should change with time, but whatever you do, Do not sell yourself short. Here are 11 things you need to consider when developing a price list. One, time is money. Your prices should reflect your time. Two, your prices should reflect your talent and your experience. But even if you have little experience, it's more than the person who has none. Don't cheapen yourself. Don't devalue yourself or your work. Three, starting low makes it really difficult to raise prices. You'll be known as the cheap photographer to potential clients looking for bargain basement prices, and it's really hard to get out of the basement. Four, price your work because you have value. Five, never 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 work for free erase the word free from your vocabulary there must be some type of exchange even if money is not involved for example exchange of services documented credit access to a list of potential clients make sure what you're receiving is equal to what you'll be giving six If a situation develops and a service or product is not on your price list, let the client or potential client know you'll get back to them. Don't give an off-the-cuff price that may be outrageously high or more likely outrageously low. Seven, your services, your products must be priced so that you can make a profit. Photography industry standard is a markup typically quoted at 2.85 times the cost of products. And I stress the cost of products. This does not include your time. It does not include your editing if you do it yourself or if you outsource your editing. It does not include use of your resources such as your computer or your software. And most importantly, it does not include your cost as an artist customizing the work for a client. Number eight, if you own a photography studio, 
Your pricing is far more complex as your prices need to reflect and support a sustainable business. Giveaways and freebies can't do that. Nine, freelancer, independent photographer, or business owner, your prices must include your cost of goods or COG, as well as your cost of doing business, CODB. I'll go into these deeper on a future episode. 10. Make your pricing and your price list as easy as possible for your clients. They don't need to know how you arrived at your prices. They do need clarity and they need simplicity. 11. Price to reflect your value. If you price too low, you're sending the wrong message to your client about you and about your work. Just think, would you buy a new car for $1,000? Would you buy a diamond for $100? Why would you price your photos in such a way that you're telling clients your work has little value? When you consider all of the things listed above and more, it becomes very easy to see why quality photography work costs what it does and why photographers who shoot and burn at ridiculously low prices, who give away their work for free, or do not charge prices to to sustain their businesses, end up out of business. In the show notes, I've included a few links to some sites that talk about photography pricing. In addition, educators like Sue Bryce and Tanya Smith provide great education regarding pricing. Tanya Smith in particular focuses much of her photography education on profitability for photographers. A link to her podcast, Profitable Portraits, is included in the show notes. You may want to listen to episode number 14, A Simple Price List for Higher Sales, and episode number two, Why You Should Never Offer Free Shoots. Okay, so that's today's episode. I hope you found this information valuable. And I'll be back soon with a new episode. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clued Up with me, your host, Maria B. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. I really appreciate your support. When you rate, subscribe, and review, you're also helping other listeners find and enjoy this podcast. Until next time.